Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the show Fountain of Truth on Voice of Islam Radio. Alhamdulillah, today we're coming to you live from Adikat al Mahdi and the second day of Jalsa Salana 2023. And now, in this show, we're going to be exploring from an Islamic perspective different aspects of Christianity in terms of its beliefs and practices, as well as the commonalities and differences it has with Islam. Now, through this discussion, we hope that our listeners will have a better understanding of Islam. My name is Yusuf Pender, I'm your host for today's show, and I'm joined in the studio today by uh, a number of very eminent guests. Uh, firstly, Imam Ibrahim Noonan, who is BA Theology and MPhil, who has graduated in Christian and Islamic Theology. He's a graduate of Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, Seminary and is currently serving as missionary in charge of Ireland. Uh, he's also the Imam of the Galway Mosque, uh, Masjid Miriam. Secondly, we're joined by uh, Malana Tarman Khalid Saheb, who is the missionary for the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Uh, Tarman Khalid has graduated from the Ahmadiyya Muslim Seminary in the UK and is currently serving in Dublin, Ireland. And thirdly, we're joined by Dr. Rizwan Ahmed, who is a junior doctor working in Dublin. He's graduated from Trinity College, Dublin in 2021, and he's currently serving as the president of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community uh, Youth Association in Ireland. So, uh, gentlemen, today you're very welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, on this program, we're going to be discussing the topic of the second coming, its relevance uh, to today's world and the expectations of what will occur in the end times. Now, as many of you may know, in Christianity, the concept of Messiah is understood to relate exclusively to Jesus, who is, uh, in Christianity, none other than God himself, who has come to earth incarnated as a human being. His purpose was to die on the cross and remove the sins of humanity. Now, Christians also believe that Jesus rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and will return to the world in the latter, latter days to bring about judgment. Now, in Islam, the concept of Messiah among the majority of Muslim scholars also relates to exclusively Jesus. Uh, although there is, uh, you know, a concept that he is a prophet, he is a Messiah, he is not believed that he is a divine being, but he's merely a man. Now, he, the belief in Christian in uh, Islam also is that Jesus is alive in heaven and that he will return as a Muslim in the latter days. However, there are also uh, Muslims who believe that Jesus is not alive in heaven waiting, for, uh, waiting to return. And that according to the Holy Quran, he has passed away on this earth uh, after surviving the cross. And therefore, the coming Messiah will be someone other than Jesus rather than Jesus himself. It will be someone arising from within the Ummah. Now, the word Messiah then in Islam would be a title which is not exclusive to Jesus, but would be something which is bestowed upon that coming person. Now, in relation to all of that, I want to start with you, uh, Tarhman uh, uh, Khalid Sahib. Can you please, in, in light uh, of that, uh, firstly clarify what the concept of Messiah is? Because there's a lot of differences we've heard between the concept of Messiah and Christianity and Islam. For example, is it a title which is exclusively owned by or reserved for Jesus? Well, the word Messiah in English actually comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach, uh, meaning the anointed one or the one anointed by the healing oil of God. And the, in Arabic, the word is Masih, which is from the root Masaha. And if we look into the root of this word, uh, it means, if, if we say Masahahu, it means to pass one's hand, hand over or to anoint with oil. And Masaha fil earth means to set forth journeying in the land. And when this is mentioned with reference to God, 
if we say uh, it would mean that God created blessed and goodly and it can also mean God created accursed and foul and that's why you have uh, in Arabic in the religion of Islam the word Al-Masihud-Dajjal which is spoken of for the Antichrist coming back to the, the origin or the Hebrew origin uh, and the Jewish concept um, the Jews actually believed that God would raise the Messiah to break the yoke of the heathens and would, would establish a worldly kingdom for them so they took the prophecies of the Bible very literally um, but we know that the Jews they do not recognize Jesus son of Mary to be that Messiah as do Christians and as uh, do Muslims as you rightly pointed out albeit Christians raise the Messiah to the status of God whereas Muslims recognize him to be a prophet of God but but in this age so of, of course this was the um, the Jews in the early period were waiting for the advent of the Messiah Jesus made the claim and they did not accept him to be that Messiah uh, in this age there are various different interpretations and concepts messianic concepts found among the Jews uh, one example of this is uh, of a group of uh, Jews uh, who use the term promised Messiah in their literature and I quote from one of their articles it says the Hebrew word ha Mashiach, which uh, literally, literally means the Messiah uh, which is spoken of that uh, person or the Savior uh, it says describing a future anointed person to come does not appear anywhere in the Bible since the Bible makes no ex explicit reference to the Messiah it is unlikely that it could be considered the most important concept in the Bible indeed in Jewish uh, in Jewish thought the messianic idea is not the most crucial and it goes on to say since every king is a Messiah by convention we refer to this future anointed one as the Messiah we will recognize who the king of Israel at the time of complete universal perfection the Bible will never the Bible never speaks about believing in the Messiah because his reign will be a historically verifiable rea reality just self-evident to any person it won't require belief or faith and uh, in terms of the the concept of Messiah is that why is Jesus called the Messiah specifically is that a unique concept in Ibrahim in history for Jesus or were, were other people called Messiah as well <clears throat> yeah, I think what Arthur um, uh, has mentioned is uh, a lot of what he said is correct, and I'm I'm not necessarily I would agree with the Jewish interpretation um, from from their own uh, traditions that I wouldn't say that uh, those particular Jews were correct. Uh, the fact is that yes, it wasn't an early concept within Judaism, but it's certainly something which came later on, a a a a, a Messiah. Um, person who would come to revive, to uh, revive the, the, the Jewish faith, to remove the persecution and the oppression of the Romans. But that said, the word Messiah simply means anointed one, and anointed one was used for David, anointed one was used for the, the Cyrus, uh, anointed was used for the vessels that uh, Moses used um, to, to create these rituals of uh, blood rituals, etc., etc. So the word Messiah is, is um, really has to be understood that it simply means anointed one, which God anoints, one which God appoints. So if, if we look at 
why I would disagree, not, not with Dr. Rahman, but the, the people who are presenting this thing, is that if we look at the, the very evidence that Jesus himself had to prove he was that Messiah to not only his followers, uh, but those who were challenging it, there was clearly uh, from the sayings of Jesus, peace be upon him, that they were expecting a Messiah person. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus said, um, and I believe it's in the Gospel of Mark where Jesus said, that those of you have, who, who have ears to hear, hear, you know, that he is that Messiah, right? So, so the point is it was, it was expected. Um, I just wanted to add here, so like coming back to your question, original question, that is this title only reserved for Jesus? So I kind of, just to summarize, pointed out how um, Christians believe it's for Jesus and they believe Jesus will return. And as far as the Jews are concerned, there's varying concepts among them, and they do not recognize Jesus to be the, uh, the HaMashayikh. Um, but, you know, within Islam, within uh, Muslims, uh, if we look at the, the, the scripture, the Holy Quran, we look at the traditions, we find that it mentions this title, Al-Masih, with reference to Jesus, son of Mary. For example, it says in the Holy Quran, Inna Al-Masihu Aysa ibn Maryama Rasulullah. Verily, the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, was only a messenger of Allah. So, um, this title of the Anointed One, according to the Holy Quran, was granted to Jesus, son of Mary, to point out that all the allegations that were made against him are, 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 are not um, applicable. Because he is free from sin, he has been anointed by God himself. Uh, and, and just... Um, coming on um, to, 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 to on this, uh, delving further into this, we see that the community, the Amdiya Muslim community, believes that uh, based on these traditions and the, the, the verses of the Holy Quran, that the second advent of the uh, Messiah was to be in the form of someone who was to be born in the Ummah, in the followers of the Holy Prophet Wasallam who was to be a resemblance of Jesus, son of Mary. And that's why in the prophecies, uh, it mentions uh, the descent of Jesus, son of Mary. And we'll, we'll certainly come to that later. Um, just, you, you both mentioned, and Tarman Khalid, uh, you, you eloquently mentioned how, uh, and Imam Ibrahim has added, how the concept of Messiah in Judaism is a person who has been anointed by God. Now, this is very different from the Christian concept of Messiah. Can you um, take us in a little bit, Imam Ibrahim, into what the Christian concept of Messiah is in, in Christian consciousness when they hear the word Messiah? Well, there's two, two things I have to say. Um, there was, uh, this, this should be mentioned, there was within Judaism uh, a uh, understanding from certain Jews that a Messiah would come. That's why Jesus was asked, are you that old prophet? Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? So there was certainly within his time a element of Judaism who was waiting for a Messiah. Now, yes, contemporary modern Judaism completely rejects this, but that's to be understood because they don't want that um, Jesus should be found to be the Messiah. As far as the Christianity is concerned, the Christians have just simply adopted a, a concept from Judaism, okay? Because the Christians know that Jesus was first and foremost a Jew. Secondly, he, they know he was a rabbi. Thirdly, they know that he himself proclaimed to be that Messiah when he read from the scroll of Isaiah and telling them the prophecy had been fulfilled in front of them. So they know that he was a Messiah, but the difference comes 
was the later interpretation of that, what does that mean? Um, was it simply just a messiah, a prophet, a human being? No, they brought it to another level um, in, in that uh, they elevated Jesus to the, to the divinity. Now, I will have to say from here, not, in the, not on the very earliest part of the church, or, or they say they call it the church. I'm talking about much later on, like uh, in some of Paul's writings, in, in Philippians, for example, is probably the first point you will find that in Philippians is where they started elevating Jesus into the Godhead. But remember, that, that was like 100 and something AD or above 100 AD. It was in, becoming in the second century when they elevated him to being God, the Messiah and God. So this is... The, okay, so, so <clears throat> essentially when we get to Christianity, the, the concept of Messiah gets elevated as Jesus's, if you like, uh, a position or personhood gets elevated. Um, and that's where we, where we get to where we are now with the concept of Messiah being synonymous with, with something divine. No, no, not entirely. Yes, let me, this needs to be explained and elaborated because this is a very important historical issue. In the first 110, 120 AD, the idea of Jesus being something unique was there. A Messiah, but something unique. But it's actually evolved from there. It evolved into, for example, the Council of Nicaea, as an example. That's when they discussed the nature of Jesus. Who was he? What was he? Was he God? Wasn't he God? Was he the angel Michael? Was he a human being and a spirit? So it clear, when you look at that part of history, you can see that they weren't entirely on, they, they weren't entirely themselves clear on who he was. It was in 2nd and 3rd century and coming into fourth centuries when they uh, consolidated his position as being God. So you're, you're saying when you look at the history of what, what, what's called, what Christians call the church, you can actually see where uh, historically and in their documents where these decisions were made or, or to elevate Jesus um, officially in their, in their belief system. Yes, yes. Because in, the, in, in three, 325 AD, they just looked at his nature. And there's much dispute about that at that time. We all know that in the early, early church history, there were fights over who Jesus was. It was actually fourth century when they actually sealed it, that he was fully God, fully man. Okay, and just coming back down to earth um, with the Islamic concept um, of, of Jesus. Now, we've, we've understood from a, a Judaic concept, it's, it's generally uh, someone who was anointed by God. And then we come to Christianity and we get uh, an elevated perspective, uh, concept of, of Messiah. Um, coming to Islam, Dr. Rizwan, if I come to you. Um, can you tell us about the Islamic concept of Messiah and a little bit about how it, it, it differs from the, the Christian um, concept which Imam Ibrahim uh, just uh, elaborated upon? Yeah, so as uh, Atarman Khalid Sahib has already mentioned uh, to some aspects, um, the title of Al-Masih was reserved in the Quran for Jesus, peace be upon him. But as Christians and Jewish people are awaiting, so are Muslim, most Muslims of nowadays awaiting um, a promised Messiah who is to come in the latter days to guide them. Um, and this Messiah was prophesied by the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him himself, uh, you know, who was granted um, you know, limitless um, uh, uh, you know, uh, knowledge of the unseen. So he had prophesied in the latter days that when the world would drift away from the teachings of Islam or God, that a Mahdi and a Messiah or a divine reformer would come to guide uh, these Muslims back to the right path. Um, and what's important to know, is, I suppose, is that you know numerous signs were mentioned to mark the advent of when this person would come. Um, you know, it's mentioned that religion and faith would be in decline. There would be nothing left of Islam but its name and things like this. The mosques would be full but empty of guidance. So, who is this Messiah? We we know that you know 
um, it is mentioned in the hadith, the narrations that um, it is mentioned, Jesus, peace be upon him, is mentioned by name. Um, so the, the hadith, it says that there's no prophet, the Holy Prophet وسلم, says, there's no prophet between me and him, that is Isa. So it's mentioning and referring to uh, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. Um, so we know it's Prophet Jesus or someone in his personhood who is going to be this promised Messiah that most Muslims are waiting for. The difference between the Islamic and Christian perspectives, I suppose, is that the Messiah, each of them believes that the Messiah or the second coming of Jesus will be the proof to their own respective religions. Christians believe that Jesus is a divine being who will come and usher the kingdom of God, a new age on this earth, whereas Muslims believe that the Messiah will come and wage a war uh, against you know, um, the enemies of, of Islam. So as Yusuf, as you mentioned at the beginning, within Islam there's a varying opinion about who or how the second coming will manifest. Many Muslims believe that Jesus is alive in heaven and will descend in physical body. Um, however, the belief of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is that Jesus, uh, peace be upon him, lived a normal life, passed away at an old age after completing his mission of uniting the lost tribes of Israel, and that the second coming that we believed is, is Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad was the person prophesied by the Holy Prophet. Peace yeah. be upon him. And, and, uh, it's an excellent and, and very eloquent term. Um um, explanation there, Dr. Rizwan. Just to ask you again as well, Imam Ibrahim, when we go to obviously the, the sources of our belief about Jesus, um, peace be upon him, about what it means for him to be a Messiah comes from the Holy Quran. Um, where does or how does the Holy Quran kind of uh, tell us what Jesus was or who he was as Messiah and what Messiah really means? Well, I think uh, what Messiah really means, I think uh, Atal Rahman has explained that from the Arabic and mm -hmm. from what the Quran says, so there's no really need for me to elaborate on that. But, but one of the things that the Quran does really make clear to us is that he was simply, uh, I, I don't mean it in a, in a, in a rude way, he, that he was just simply just a human being, a prophet, a Messiah, and nothing more than that. And that's not just being disrespectful. He was not in any way uh, part of the divine triune God, uh, the substance of God. He was simply a human being, a messiah, who was a prophet, as um, uh, has already mentioned, a prophet sent to, to the people of Israel. He was a, you know, a prophet, a Nabi of body of Israel. He was a prophet to the Israelites. And his complete role was simply to, um, again, as Dr. Rizwan has mentioned, simply to remind the Jewish, uh, the Jewish people that you've gone astray and I've, I've come, I've been sent and I've come to revive you, to bring you back to the two teachings um, of Islam. And that's exactly what the Quran teaches. It's fascinating because uh, my Ibrahim, and I'm sure you've had this experience as well. I mean, obviously a lot of Christians do believe the, the, the official creed, but there are a lot of Christians who they read the Bible, they love Jesus, they believe in him as Messiah, but they have a problem of accepting him as, as divine. And obviously, if you go to Judaism, you have to reject him if you go to Christianity, you have to, to worship him. So you're saying Islam really provides that balanced view that you can f follow Jesus. Jesus was a true prophet. He had beautiful teachings. He was true, but he was a human being. And, and um, coming to actually that to, to, to Yudhar um, Mankhala, just uh, moving on from that, in terms of Christians' beliefs about Jesus, um, they do believe, obviously, that he's going to return as they understand biblical prophecy. However, there's a, there is a wide range of opinions regarding prophetic interpretation among uh, among Christians. So um, even we as Muslims, when we look at biblical prophecy, um, in when, where, how, who, um, how should, is there any general rules, or is it a free-for-all, is there any general rules or criteria about how prophecy should be understood? 
Well, since we're talking uh, mainly about uh, the prophecies of, of Jesus about his second advent, um, and we're talking about Christianity in particular, so uh, Yusuf, you know, the criteria is actually in the Bible. Um, as we know, there were prophecies about the first coming of Jesus. And so if we are able to analyze those prophecies and what actually happened, um, the, uh, the Messiah who was to come for the Jews, uh, and we see the, that the Jews actually saw him, they saw his claim, and yet they did not recognize him and they did not accept him. So what was the reason f for that? What were the mistakes? Because as Muslims, we believe he was the Messiah. So what were the mistakes? Uh, and what did Jesus actually tell them? What was his response? So when we analyze these points, uh, we have a, a beautiful criteria by which we can judge the very prophecies made by Jesus uh, that we find in the Gospels. So firstly, we know that um, the Jews, um, they, and even the disciples of uh, Jesus, they actually took the prophecy quite literally and they were awaiting for a Messiah who would be a king and he would establish an actual kingdom on earth. And that is why, you know, when um, Pontius Pilate questioned Jesus and asked him, um, you know, whether he was a king of the Jews, he replied, my kingdom is not of this world. John chapter 18, verse 36. Um, then, you know, uh, we, we know that in Malachi uh, chapter 4, verse 5, um, there was a prophecy that the Messiah would come after the appearance of the Elijah. And the Jews interpreted this literally. They were awaiting for the physical return of Elijah, a, a descent of a, a physical person, the same self Elijah uh, that appeared um, uh, um, uh, before. And um, when, when it comes to Jesus, his interpretation when he was asked whether he, if, if he, he's the Messiah and when the Jews questioned him, where, where is the Elijah then? And he pointed to John the Baptist. And um, we know uh, from Matthew chapter 17, um, verses 10 to 13, it reads, And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come, restore all things and restore all things but I say unto you that Elias is already come um, but I say unto you that Elias is come already and and they know him uh, not but have done unto him whatsoever they listed likewise shall the son of man suffer of them so um, and then then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist so then they understood that it was John the Baptist and and the last point or, uh, or two more further points I'd like to make is that another uh, thing that the Jews unfortunately missed was that they had created an imaginary picture of Jesus and because it didn't fit that fit that picture they rejected him and they failed to even see the further signs that Jesus showed in support of his truth and um, and Christian scholars they recognize this fact, you know these points that I have made, um, um, that and they say that you only truly know the the uh, fulfillment of a sign when it happens. You can't conjecture beforehand on, on the exact nature. And I'll just uh, quote one reverend here, Reverend Thomas Newton, uh, Lord Bishop of Bristol. He has written um, a book. Um, on the prophecies of the Bible, he says, 
we cannot frame any concept of how Christ will be manifest in glory, how the little horn will be given to the burning flames, or how the saints will take the kingdom and possess it forever and ever. It is in the nature of such prophecies not to be perfectly understood until they are fulfilled. The best comment upon them will be in their completion. And there's so many other scholars so of Christianity who've made this point. The takeaway from this, I suppose, as, as you're saying, is that uh, until that prophecy is fulfilled, you can't really understand it. There's so much uh, different perception and, and the, prophet, the prophecies can be allegorical, they can be quite esoterical. And so visually, um, people have all types of ideas about them. Um, just, Imam Ibrahim, you you recently spent a lot of time in Hyde Park, so you're you know very very used to preaching. You've been doing it for years, and so you know um, that uh, at the moment, especially, and Christians are saying that that the second coming of Jesus is at hand. They're saying there's some signs; it, it's happening right now. And um, what what does it, what does the Bible tell us about the second coming of Jesus specifically? Like, what are the specific um, signs mentioned, which they are looking at now, or that they say that it means that the Messiah is near? Well, I, I just want to come back to uh, one or two points that Atavimonsa has mentioned in that to emphasize again, again to our, lead, our, our listeners what he has just said, the need to take heed to what he has just said. The thing is that Jesus speaks upon him was constantly asked about this prophecy. And uh, when I was quoting Iran, I was, I was quoting something else, but but... Um, what Jesus emphasized in when he, because Jesus, I mean, if you read the gospel correctly, he was becoming an idna, that people were not accepting his claim. And secondly, his own apostles. That's why Jesus said that those of you who have ears to hear, hear. John the Baptist is the Elijah. Now that's very important because what he was pointing out to them, that, uh, out to them that what, how you interpretate this prophecy is incorrect. This is how it should be interpreted. And that's very important to your question now. Mm. So basically Christians today are making the same mistakes as the Jews. They are again making that same mistake. They're literally believing in the prophecy to happen in, in literal sense. Okay, So that's what they have to come out of and try to reinterpretate what actually those prophecies mean. I'll give you one simple one. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 23 where Jesus says, that there's, you know, that truly I say unto you, when he was asked about his second coming, truly I say unto you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that's, now, that's in very important to interpret, well, how do we interpretate this? As far as we're concerned, Jesus was saying, I am not coming back. Someone else is coming in my place. Now that is going to be a huge challenge for Christians to accept. It's exactly the same as the, the prophecy of Elijah. Exactly the same thing. Elijah didn't come back. Someone came back in his place. Therefore, Jesus saying, "I'm not coming back. Someone else is coming back in my place." They have to. Be, they have to be brave enough to accept this. The standards and the criteria are in front of them in their biblical accounts, which which Atullah uh, Mansab has pointed out. What, what is a specific prophecy? Um, can you tell us what what the text of it is? Uh, of, of that says that Jesus, someone else, will come in his place. This is in Matthew chapter twenty-three. It's the last verse 20, 39, I think. It's, it's, um, it, that's where it is. And it's clearly mentioned when he was asked about um, his second coming. Right. And it's, I think it's, it's uh, you should not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Truly I say unto you, mm -hmm. you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Right? Yeah. So this is what it says. So he was making it clear, it's not me. It is someone else until you recognize him and that he is from God, because Lord means God. Until you recognize him, God has sent him. This is clear, clearly mentioned in the Bible. Okay. 
on that incredible revelation, um, we are going to take a short break. Now, we've discussed the meaning of Messiah and the different ways in which the different faiths uh, understand his arrival. So, as I said, we're going to go to a short break and then we'll return and we're going to be looking at more closely what the Islamic sources tell us about the second coming. of Islam Radio. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Fountain of Truth at Voice of Islam Radio. We are here live at Nikatul Medi in the second day of Jalsa Salani UK 2023. If you've been listening in, we're discussing the second coming, the topic of the second coming. And now uh, we're going to be discussing uh, the belief in the Messiah, more in terms of Islam, we've already spoken a lot about Christianity. Um, I want to go straight to you, Dr. Rizwan, again. Um, I think we've touched on you've touched on this a little bit earlier, but just to go through a little bit more. Um, you know, we, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we believe that that very Messiah awaited by Christians and, and we Muslims uh, has already arrived in the person of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Ghadian, peace be upon him. So can you please tell us briefly who has Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, uh, peace be upon him, was and what exactly he claimed? Yeah, so Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, claimed to be the promised Messiah awaited by all major world religions and the Imam Mahdi. So a bit about his background, he was born in Qadian, which is a small village in India, uh, on 13 February 1835. And a bit about the context, it's, it was a time when Islam worldwide was really in a sorry state. You know, was being attacked from all sides, from all religions, with seemingly no one really to rise up to the challenge of, you know, fighting back or defending Islam. And it's this in, in this context that Hazrat Ahmad al-Islam was, was born. Um, so he himself was from a noble family and he was interested in religion uh, from his very childhood. Actually, his father wanted him to pursue a job in the government um, to try and earn a living, but Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, was only interested in pursuing spirituality and, per and you know, progressing his religious knowledge. So even from a, a, a young age, you can see where his inclination was. He also spent much of his time debating Christian missionaries in his neighborhood, and he began to receive divine revelations early on um, as well, and this only exponentially increased throughout his life. He was extraordinarily righteous, um, and he had what's really important to know is that he had a really sincere and profound love for his master, the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Um, so it was actually in 1889 that Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, peace be upon him, received uh, the divine revelation. And it's it, it, uh, as follows. When thou hast determined, put thine trust in Allah, 
and build the ark under our eyes, as commanded by our revelation. Verily, those who swear allegiance to thee, indeed swear allegiance to Allah. The hand of Allah is over their hand. So essentially this was God instructing the promised uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam, Muhammad peace be upon him, that he was the Imam of the time. And following this he made a public announcement instructing the seekers of truth to uh, swear allegiance at his hand. Then in 1891 he received further and repeated revelations from, from God Almighty which informed him that Jesus, peace be upon him, of Nazareth, whose second advent was and is waited by Muslims and Christians, he actually had died a natural death. Um, and this was a completely new and, and seminal idea at the time. And what this meant was that this second advent was fulfilled in the person and spirithood of Jesus, and that was Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad. And this is a person who, if you read in, uh, into his life, spent every second uh, of his life trying to bring mankind back to the Creator. He wrote over 80 books, tens of thousands of letters, hundreds of lectures and public debates before eventually passing away on, on 26 March in 1908. So this is who we believe to be the promised Messiah uh, of this time. And what's important to note lastly is that aside from countless true prophecies he made himself um, throughout his own life, the reason we believe in him is that we feel that he's fulfilled all those prophecies made by both Islam and Christianity um, in relation to the advent of the promised Messiah of the latter days. And Imam Ibrahim, um, I've known you for many years and I, I know that you, before you became Muslim, you were an extremely devout Catholic who believed that Jesus Christ was God incarnate to you and worshipped Jesus. Um, what was it about Hazrat Mirza Ghulamamad of God, Yah, and peace be upon him, that convinced you that he, that he was the Messiah? I think it was... Um the very biblical uh, references that he presented for the proof of uh, Jesus um, didn't die on the cross, he died a natural death um, all the signs presented um, I mean the book that really convinced me was a book called Tomb of Jesus which presented all these arguments and so when obviously because the Bible was part of my life when I went back into it and I studied and I looked at all the references being presented to me and particularly the references uh, relating to the second coming in chapter 23 and chapter 24 of, of Matthew. So uh, when I read them and then I looked at what Hazrat Muzakulamad of Adyan was saying, then um, it, I was convinced um, rationally and logically of his truth. Of course, the spiritual elements came later on where Allah had shown me some dreams and why I, I accepted him. But these are the main things. The point is, how could I deny clear-cut um, references from what was my book at that time, the Bible, uh, clearly stating that Jesus said he's not coming back again, someone else will come. And the signs that were given uh, in that as well, in chapter the whole of 20, chapter 24, in fact, even 23, but the whole of chapter 24 in, in the Gospel of Matthew is all about the signs of when you see these signs then you'll know that my advent has happened so that obviously became clear in the life of Hazrat Muhammad al-Qadiyan um, the, the eclipse of the moon and the sun in 1994 95 it's clearly written in, in, in the Gospel of Matthew um, um, you will see it in chapter 20 verse 29 of Matthew 24 clearly mentioned that you know immediately after the tribulation of those days the, shall, the sun shall not give its uh, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give its light this is eclipses so Jesus was saying when you see these know that I have come so uh, everything was fulfilled in the lifetime of Hazrat and actually coming to this point um, Atah Rahman uh, coming to the, the signs which 
which we spoke about earlier, which Imam Ibrahim is speaking about in the Bible. Now, from a biblical perspective, um, were or how were these signs which were mentioned in the Bible about the coming of Jesus or the coming of Messiah fulfilled at the time of the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him? Uh, yeah, Yusuf, uh, just following on from uh, Dr. Rizwan, where he introduced Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, uh, who we believe to be the promised Messiah. Um, and gave his introduction, um, we find the time in which he made his claim. That was a time uh, when um, the Messiah was expected to appear in not only Muslims but also in, in, in amongst Christian scholars. And there's so many books and pamphlets that have been written. And so they pinpointed uh, some, of, some of these. For example, one book, The Millennial Dawn, actually points out the the rough time frame of when the Prophet Islam came uh, as to be the one when the Messiah would come, when he would gather his saints and originally there would only be a hand of, uh, people, uh, handful of people who would join him and then his kingdom would spread. So that's exactly what, what we see. But coming back to these signs uh, which Jesus mentioned and we find uh, in the book of Matthew, it says uh, in the book of Matthew in chapter 24 verse 27, uh, Jesus said, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shine even unto the west, so, sh so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So two things have been foretold in this prophecy. Firstly, the place of his appearance, that he would appear in the east. And secondly, the quickness with which his message will be conveyed from one end of the earth to the other. So, uh, you know, if you look at the second aspect, we know Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, he was from India, a small village, um, which is in the east. Uh, as far as the second point is concerned, the quickness with which the message will spread, this is actually indicating, and we have prophecies also uh, that coincide with this in Islam, which talk about the, the, the printing presses and the, the means by which the message of the Prophet, uh, peace be upon him, could reach far and wide. And so... When uh, he uh, um, made any claim, when uh, God showed any signs, he actually had them published in newspapers. And he, his message reached as far as America. When we look at the prophecies he made regarding Alexander, Dr. Alexander Dai, or uh, England, where we are today, um, regarding uh, Pigot. So all around the world, you know, his message reached with great swiftness. So this is actually uh, mentioned here. And the fact that we're here at the Jalsa Salana UK, from which his um, successor, the fifth successor, His Holiness Mirza Masroor Ahmad, is conveying a message to the whole world. So, so this is such a, a beautiful illustration of how this prophecy has been fulfilled in the person of Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad. Then again, in Matthew 24, verse 28, it mentions... For whosoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. So, um, we, we, we've talked about how Jesus uh, mentioned that his appearance would be in the east. And here the word carcass can be taken to mean errors, which have corrupted religions. So earlier, um, Dr. Rizwan mentioned you know, about uh, India, the place the birthplace of the Prophet Islam. So we know that was actually a hotbed of religious debate. You have uh, Hinduism that was there, you have Christianity, you have the Muslims. There was a whole uh, propagation effort uh, to evangelize 
the, the subcontinent. And that's where we see that all kinds of errors had been brought into religion and they were being spread within India. And so that's where uh, was the best place for the Messiah to appear to rid these religions of these uh, uh, errors. So India was actually an arena of religions and they were all contending at the time for religious supremacy. Right, and <clears throat> there's one particular sign, um, and again, it was, it was mentioned earlier, and it's a big one for, for Christians about the eclipse of sun and moon, as well as in, in Judaism. Um, this eclipse of the sun and the moon, some, many Christians believe it will be a precursor, it will happen before the Messiah comes. Um, but we believe that Mirza uh, Gulamah, he claimed to be Messiah, and then the eclipse occurred. So uh, how would you answer this Imam Ibrahim that should the eclipse come first and then there's a claim of Messiah uh, down the road? Is this like a, a, it has happened or will happen? No. Uh, anyone then can claim to be the Messiah if they see the eclipse of the moon and the sun and then say it's come and I am that Messiah. In fact, if you read also in, in Matthew, um, Jesus said that um, immediately after the days of tribulation, of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give us light. Jesus was referring to that after someone makes um, this claim to be the Messiah, um, there will be trouble, there will be persecution, there will be absolutely anger. Even Jesus said, you will be killed for my namesake. Okay? So if you look at Hazrat Ahmed, peace be upon him, when he made the claim to be the Messiah long before the eclipse of the moon happened. Okay, for for he made the claim in ninety one. So for four years he was taunted that you you are claiming to be the Messiah. Where's the moon and the sun eclipse? So he he, he was being taunted. They were they were laughing at him. And Hazrat Muzaffar Qadian simply told him, "Look, I'm just a man. I'm just a, I'm just I'm I'm being informed by God. I can't the celestial signs only God can deal with." Right, and four years later, exactly, exactly when the moon was eclipsed and the sun was eclipsed, prophecy being fulfilled. It doesn't make sense that you first see a sign and then make a claim, because then we could all claim to be the Messiah. Yeah. And, oh, and, and the Messiah. And the Prophet Islam has actually emphasized this point a great deal that he was the only one at the time who had made this claim. Yeah. And just as these words mention the tribulations. They were calling him, as soon as he made this claim, they were calling him the Antichrist. Everything. And his, his greatest supporter before his claim, Mawli Muhammad Hassan Batalwi, um, he went around to all these different Muslim scholars, uh, um, you know, collecting edicts of kufr, of disbelief um, uh, about uh, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. Peace be upon him. So you're saying, yeah, so, so when the person, when Messiah makes the claim, then Allah shows these signs in his support to say that he is the true one. Because if Imam Ibrahim said it's very logical if if you saw, showed a sign first and then 20 people say I'm the Messiah, so it, it, it doesn't really serve us, it, it just sows yeah. confusion. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to just come back on one point, uh, as Rahman mentioned. He mentioned it absolutely correctly. I just wanted to kind of elaborate on this one because I think this is very important for Christian listeners listening to this. And maybe if, even for Muslims as well. When, when Jesus says that when you shall see lightning coming from the east onto the west, quickly, um, this means divine teaching. Lightning in biblical terminology means divine teaching, not normal teaching. So it means that, that he will, his divine teaching will spread quickly onto the, onto the west. That's really what I want to point out. Mm -hmm. The divine teaching, that means again emphasizing his authority 
as being the Messiah, being the Messiah of the time. I just wanted to let that out for our, if there's any Christian listeners out there, no offense to them, but that's that's really what Jesus was pointing out to. And also, um, uh, again, I thought I someone did mention this, but I want to elaborate just a bit more on it. East of Jerusalem is India. Okay? So everything is pointing to his fulfillment. All these things are very important to understand when you're looking into biblical uh, theology. And son of man means a prophet of God. That's the meaning. Because in, Jude in, in Judaic tradition, son of man is only given to a prophet of God. So all these five elements or a number of elements in this prophecy was fulfilled in the, in, in the, in the, in the person of Mazubalamadukadiyan. And uh, Yusuf, you know, we're talking about these uh, various prophecies Jesus made, um, which are mentioned in, the, in, in Matthew in chapter 24. Um, interestingly, Jesus also mentioned the wars yes. that would take place because this is a huge sign. Um, you know, and the fact that a nation would rise against nation. And he also pointed out that there would be famines and earthquakes uh, in various places. And, you know, we, we know the, the pestilence um, that, um, you know, um, hit India uh, in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. We know of the, the wars that uh, happened soon after the Prophet ﷺ, World War One and World War Two. You know, th this was a time when the Prophet ﷺ um, had you know been conveying his message and he left the world warning them and uh, you know I have a quote here where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam you know in, it's recorded in the Review of Religions uh, of March 1905 uh, he warned the world arise and be ready for a time of great distress has come for this generation these are the days of great distress and the wrath of God is kindled in heaven Know it for certain that these are days of such great affliction for the world as it has never seen since its creation. Almighty God informed me of these onslaughts 25 years before this time, and this divine information was recorded in the Brahine Amdia at that very time. You see, where Dr. Rizwan was introducing the Prophet, he mentioned that he uh, received lots of revelations and he published them when he was when he wrote this book Brahine Ahmadiyya which was in the support of the truth of the holy quran and the holy prophet peace be upon him in that book he mentioned many many revelations which he had received some of them which also support these previous prophecies and but these had not yet been fulfilled and he published this far and wide and he actually urged the Muslims that they should actually sacrifice their, their, their wealth in order to support this effort as were the Christians who were uh, heavily investing in, in evangelizing uh, the people of India. And, and so later on, these were fulfilled and thousands of people witnessed this. And in fact, the Prophet has written in countless places that by this time, X amount of uh, signs have been fulfilled and these were published not just in India, they were being published by newspapers around the globe. Um, <clears throat> way that um, obviously um, this has been explained very eloquently and very with great clarity and all of the evidence is there and anyone who does just a little bit of research can see that you know whether they agree with it or not they have to accept that these prophecies have been fulfilled but there's a big there's a big block if you like in the middle of the road and it was faced by by Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, and it's also been faced by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Ghadiyan, peace be upon him, and that is that 
in the Bible it says that it says the name Jesus of the person who will come and even in Islamic hadith sources now Islamic hadith as I'm sure you, you'll be able to explain it's not the Quran which is the word of God hadith are the, the things which the Holy Prophet peace be upon him has said and even in those hadith it uh, it says that Messiah will be Jesus so this is Jesus 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 by name it has to be Jesus so again how do we explain that it's someone else in light of the fact that the Bible says uh, it seems to say and, and uh, you know that, that Jesus will come see Yusuf um, you know um, earlier we spoke about how Jesus interpreted the second coming of the Elijah he recognized that Elijah to be John the Baptist right who we in uh, in uh, Muslims uh, call Yahya so Prophet Yahya salam, and we know he was born normally he didn't descend from heaven physically he was born to Hazrat Zakariah alayhi salam right so that's how he interpreted that when there's a prophecy um, of or um, there's a mention of a prophet being taken up it's not to be taken physically and when you speak about his second coming it is also metaphorical it's not someone from the past who's going to come again so so again you know um, if you look at the holy prophet peace be upon him when he talked about the the advent of the Messiah in the latter days he used the word Isa ibn Maryam for a reason there's great wisdom in that and this requires a bit of explanation as well so uh, you know we, we we look at the prophecies of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him um, he described the state of the Muslims in the time when the Messiah was to appear uh, um, like the Jews in the time of Jesus so you have this on the one hand that they would be completely similar right just as the Jews were giving precedence to their oral traditions over their scripture. Similarly, in this case, you have the Muslims giving precedence to the oral traditions over the Holy Quran. And uh, on the other hand, we have both the Bible, from the Bible as well as the Holy Quran, we learn of the similarity between the Mosaic dispensation and that of the uh, Islamic dispensation, where um, Prophet Muhammad is likened to Moses, and on the other hand, um, the, the Messiah of, uh, that came at the end of the Mosaic dispensation. Similarly, there is prophecies regarding. So where the Holy Prophet described Muslims to be like the Jews, of course, the one who, t who was going to come in order to um, bring them back to their actual teaching was also given that very same name, G Jesus, son of Mary. Mami Rahim, can I ask you the same question or can I ask you to kind of chime in on that as well? Um, uh, uh, as Sir has explained it beautifully, so I just want to add one thing to it. Um, for, for my Christian brothers listening, and in, for non-Ahmadi Muslims as well, the prophecies regarding the coming of the Messiah before Jesus came, they said his name would be Emmanuel. When he was born, he was given the name Yeshua. Right? So are we saying now prophecy was not fulfilled? Or are we saying that there was an interpretation there was, there was another deeper interpretation to why God named him in the Old Testament, Emmanuel, and why he gave him the name Yeshua when he was born. The name Emmanuel simply means God amongst us, meaning a person who represents God. And if that prophecy was to be fulfilled in the literal sense, as Atharamansa was mentioning about Elijah, if it was meant to be literally fulfilled, then obviously Jesus is not the true Messiah. So and I've heard you mention before as well in, in, when I've been observing you and doing Tablik, 
when the person you were just doing to play to a, a, an Irish person, obviously in Ireland, um, which uh, is outreach, <laughs> which yeah. is outreach, <laughs> which is outreach, uh, reaching out to, to people and, and telling them about uh, discussing the faith, and they said no, it has to be Jesus. And you made the point that then the Jews are right not to accept Jesus because their Book of Kings literally says that Elijah went up, and it says in Malachi he will come down. If we have to take a literal interpretation, then according to them. Jesus isn't. This is the reason why they haven't accepted him, yeah. right? But the most important part is I want to come back on it is why, uh, why in the hadith the Holy Prophet sallallahu mentioned Ethiopia Miriam. I don't want to over, uh, mention it again because that's what I'm explained it. But I want to point from their own Bible. I can object and say, well, why, 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 why he wasn't given the name Emmanuel? Why that part of the prophecy was not fulfilled? There were meanings that there was another symbolic inter- interpretation of this. His name was Yeshua, not Emmanuel. So if we're going to say that, if we're going to take on this argument, both from the Christian perspective and the Islamic perspective, then you have to reject Jesus as being a Messiah because he wasn't fulfilled. And Dr. Rizwan, um, it does seem if we look at the history of religion, one thing is consistent, that when people await a prophet, they get it wrong. Mm. I mean, what are your thoughts on the on the idea that, that it happened with Jesus, it happened with Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it happened with the promised Messiah, is it you think it's 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 only the prophet who when he comes he has the right interpretation as mentioned earlier yeah i think it's an interesting uh, point you raise because even with discussion and outreach like you mentioned this is an uh, maybe a, a, an issue people have when when they try to when they hear the message that you know people have a certain um, expectation of the the second coming they you know whether it's christians or muslims or even uh, jewish people that you know uh, naively some people maybe think that you know someone will come down everyone around the world will see someone coming down from a chariot in heaven or something like that with light around them so you know i think it's it's an idealistic thing and it and something that you know maybe people who are going through the world nowadays where religion is so discarded that they feel distraught that they want to sign something like that that just completely puts everything everything to bed but then in one way you know when we look at the actual core root of religion it's you know a belief there is a belief and, and a faith that is needed so if something like that were to happen then there is no core value there's no faith involved in in all of this so as you mentioned every point in history with every prophet we see that they convey a message and initially they're rejected and there's difficulties faced. And in, in one aspect, that is actually shows the truth of, of, of a promise. And you've actually walked kind of right into the next question I was going to ask. There is this idea that it mentioned when, in the Bible when Jesus will come on a cloud and everyone will see him and everyone will accept him straight away. So they have this concept that when the Messiah comes, they'll just look at him and know he's the Messiah. They won't have to do any research. But are you telling us, like Imam Ibrahim, this is not, this is not reality, this is not the history of religion? Well, look... Um We've got to keep two things in view. Um, that particular verse you're referring to um, is about the power, the divine power of God when God sends him on earth, when he arises him from the earth, that the heavenly signs will be seen. That's the meaning of it. Uh, there can be no other meaning. Of it. In fact, it says that, that also in Matthew that um, trumpets will blow the four corners of the world. Um, which means that they will reach out to the four corners of the world. And who has done that today? Ahmadiyya movement in Islam. The, 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 now we have, we have that fifth, if you want to use this terminology, the fifth trumpet, which is Khalifa Tunmusi al-Khamas, al-Diyala-Talibin al-Aziz, which are reaching out to the four corners of the world. It's been completely fulfilled. 
And uh, can I just say, you know, because we're talking about these prophecies of Jesus and we're looking at different interpretations, um, it's important to, uh, you know, and, and we mentioned how people have got it wrong time and ta- time again. And the Holy Quran actually de- de- declares this, Ya Hasratan ala al-ibad, ma ya'tihim rasulin illa kanu bihi astaziyun. That, alas, for people, there comes not to them a messenger, but they mock him and deride him. And this is what we saw, um, you know, we, we continue to see about the Prophet Islam. This is not, what well, our discussion here is not about, you know, saying we're correct and you're wrong. The, and the way to really look at uh, these prophecies and signs various in, uh, mentioned in various religions is to be sincere. Mm. If you really uh, are sincere and you search with the right mindset, um, you know, w- whether you're from any faith, then God will guide you. And this is what the Holy Quran actually mentions. That, uh, that whoever strives in our way, we shall most surely show them our path. So this is why I, w- I would like to urge all my listeners that, you know, just search with a sincere heart and God will guide you to the truth. And also, uh, just as we're finishing off, just the, 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 that uh Verse, verse I basically I mentioned where all the nations of the world will see the Messiah and they will they will slap their chests it's, slapping their chests in Judaism is kind of a sign of uh, realisation of something like when Jesus was crucified they, they slapped their chests you know um, and we're sitting in the Jalsa Salana where we have people from all over the world who've come to realisation who are slapping their chests basically they're in, coming to realisation um, that the Messiah has come I think 200 nations of the world are here more than 40,000 people and I think that's the place where we're going to have to end it um, so uh, today we have, although the short time attempted to comprehensively cover the concept of Messiah in, uh, as a central religious figure um, concerning the latter days and the belief in the second coming of the Messiah and, and, and their sources. And we've also looked at the claims of um, Hazrat Mirza Gulamamad of Ghadiyan, peace be upon him, in light of these messianic prophecies. Now, if you've enjoyed today's program or you have any feedback or any questions, please do email us at fountainoftruth at voiceofislam.co.uk and we'd love to hear your thoughts so uh, thank you to all the guests and uh, until next time assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh may the peace and blessings of God be upon you all